Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com, and by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum by Shewart & Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. From Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge, we're out to lunch with editor of the Baton Rouge Business Report, Stephanie Regal. It's business Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Conscious capitalism has become a popular buzzword around the country, and what it refers to is companies and business people have to be about more than making money. They have to be about making a difference. How do you develop a sustainable business model that also benefits society as a whole? It isn't easy, but it's happening more and more in communities around our country, including right here in Baton Rouge. Take Dave Trependahl, who's here with me today. Dave is a real estate broker in the Baton Rouge area with NAI, Ladder & Bloom, and has more than three decades' experience in the commercial real estate sector. But over the past year, Dave has turned his considerable talents and energies into helping the less fortunate in Baton Rouge, from low-income residents of North Baton Rouge to political refugees. Dave's latest project is an example of conscious capitalism at work. It's the Ardendale Oaks Apartments, a multifamily complex in North Baton Rouge that was one of the worst in the area when Dave bought it. A couple of years ago, some $9 million later, it is one of the nicest in the neighborhood, and Dave is determined to give people on a limited income a decent, affordable place to live. Dave, it's a great project, very impressive, and I know a lot of work has gone into it, and it's not done yet, but we look forward to hearing about the journey. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you. Joining me and Dave is Logan Burke, director of the Alliance for Affordable Energy, a nonprofit organization that since 1985 has been advocating for an affordable, equitable, and environmentally responsible energy system in Louisiana. The Alliance fights for consumers through education and by pushing for clean energy and energy efficiency. The Alliance is both a consumer advocate and a public health advocacy organization, so its policy work sort of meets at the crossroads of social justice, sustainable economic development, and environmental protection. Logan joined the Alliance in 2013 and since then has worked on a broad range of consumer projects and energy issues. She came here from Los Angeles where she headed an organization she co-founded called the Committed to Equality Initiative. And before that, she was in the arts for 12 years. So Logan, it's great to hear that you can do really meaningful things with a liberal arts degree. <laughs> That's right. Gives my, that gives me and my children still hope, right? That we can make a difference. So thank you for being here with us today. Thank you. Well, Dave, we, we have so much to talk about here. And y'all, I think, really go well together because y'all are both really working sort of in the same sphere, even though from totally different different sides of the spectrum. But the story of Ardendale Oaks, really interesting. A lot of people said you couldn't do it. And I think you're proving them wrong. How did you turn a dilapidated apartment complex into a really nice place to live? Surely there are easier ways to make money. Well, it's not done yet. Unfortunately, the, the jury is still out. Okay. And my wife asked me the other day, she says, have you... Um, are you still glad you did this project? I said, I'm not as glad as I was when I first started. <laughs> <laughs> the idea was to take something and provide a property where people who who make 
three, four, five thousand dollars a month in income mm-hmm. would feel comfortable. And that's a real challenge to where we put this as far as where people's mindset might be. If you're over there uh, north of the Obama Shemal, it must be a bad location. Right. But it's what makes this thing possible is what's happening in that immediate area. That's why I, I believe that this thing will work. And for those who are perhaps unfamiliar, in that immediate area, we're talking about the Ardendale complex, the uh, Baton Rouge Community College's satellite campus with the Automotive Training Institute and and then the other schools that are, gonna, right. that are being developed out there. So, I mean, there are things happening, and the idea was that that would be a catalyst, and, and you're an example of the economic development that they hope would right. follow. Right. Basically, public investment uh, started and is continuing in what was called a 200-acre development that was donated to uh, East Baton Rouge Parish Redevelopment Authority by Tulane uh, <clears throat> several years ago. And they have taken this, done a master plan, and their idea was to create a whole new community in north of Florida that would be a very vibrant community. And the way they started it was to essentially donate land for these schools. Mm-hmm. And so right now there's like $70 million of public investment going in directly across the street. And when I realized what, this, what was going on, I said, hey, this is going to be an oasis and this whole area, it is gonna be really very vibrant and a place that will get plenty of support from police, fire, as far as that goes. It's gonna be a very special area. So I'm gonna focus on that. Yeah. Well, I wanna talk some more about the specifics of how you're making it happen. But Logan, I wanna bring you into the discussion. The Alliance for Affordable Energy is not a business, so it is not engaged in conscious capitalism per se, but certainly conscious advocacy for sensible and responsible energy policy, and including utility rates. That's how y'all got started back in the mid-80s. What exactly are you all up to these days and and helping people in in communities like Ardendale? Sure. Right now, the Alliance is really also looking not just at electricity rates. Um, We are, as you said, we are a consumer advocate. And we're really thinking about the whole consumer. So when we talk about energy, that all of those ways in which it intersects with our lives, especially in a a state like Louisiana that really has this identity, this energy identity. Mm -hmm. And so thinking about how to to move our our energy identity, to broaden it, to include things like energy efficiency in our housing, and and this is something that I hope you're you're looking at as you're building this complex, Um, things like solar and wind, and all of those new technologies that are really catching on all over the country, very much in the interest of the people um, who are not only living next to, for example, uh, now instead of a power plant, maybe a a solar array or have them on their homes. Um, But what we're really excited about is a changing economy around this. Uh, You might not know that the Labor Department has forecasted that over the next 10 years, the top two jobs for growth uh, are solar installer, is number one, and uh, wind turbine technician. And so looking at where the rest of the country is moving in terms of energy, what we don't want to see is Louisiana left behind. Hmm. And so far, uh, we are not at the forefront, I'll tell you that much. (laughs) (laughs) I know there was so much progress 
being made in this arena under the Obama administration. Hasn't the current administration really started to roll a lot of this back? Yes. Um, as a matter of fact, it's, it's not just uh, at, at the presidential level, right? It's not just at the federal level that the decisions around energy that affect people's lives actually take place. Um, here in Louisiana, the, the two entities that make the, the biggest decisions around specifically electricity for homes and natural gas are the Louisiana Public Service Commission, uh, which is the regulator for utilities all over the state, um, and then additionally is the New Orleans City Council mm -hmm. that just regulates New Orleans. And they are the ones that are making the decisions about um, the kinds of energy that, that we all use and we all pay for, um, and the kinds of energy efficiency programs, for example, that have just gotten off the ground here in Louisiana that didn't exist uh, until just three years ago wow. at, it, it, at the state level. And, and that leaves us decades behind. And what that means is that uh, Louisiana households use 30% more electricity per household than the average American household. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's a lot. That's a yeah. lot. And, and a lot of people think, well, we live in a hot, humid climate. And that is certainly true. But um, so is Mississippi. So is Florida. So is Texas. But we, we have not really focused on how to reduce our energy waste because we've had this sense of comfort. You know, we, we've got all the energy in the world. It's almost like you, we don't worry about our water because we got water everywhere, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so now what's exciting is seeing that across the country, these energy economies are shifting to bring uh, more diversity into the kinds of jobs in, in the energy economy. Um, but all of those, those shifts are Every single one is beneficial to the people who live sure. in a home and pay an electricity bill from the, the, the top, the, the, the people who have all the money in the world, mm -hmm. to the people who just don't have Across enough. Across the spectrum. That's right. Well, it's interesting to, you know, to hear about these new economies and, and, I mean, the kind of redevelopment that we see at Ardendale and in that area is, is an example of, of a new e economy springing up, certainly sort of a, a new economic model. Have you had trouble, Dave, getting people to buy in and, and believe in what you're doing? And certainly, like, from the lending community. I think initially you were probably met with skepticism from folks here. You go to most lenders in Baton Rouge and you say, I want to do a, a major renovation project in, quote-unquote, North Baton Rouge because it's North Florida Boulevard. Well, I had a number of lenders who just says, absolutely not. We will not consider that. Like you literally went to major banks here in town, mm -hmm. knocked on the door, and they several said, of them no. said no. They said, well, if you'll go in and you'll pledge uh, your assets on all these other <laughs> things, and you'll do this and you'll do that and all that, then maybe we'll consider it. I said, no thanks. And so to make a long story short, my bank in, bank in St. Francisville, <clears throat> um, my home bank is in St. Francisville, who had done another project with me. When they found out that I was looking to do this project, they said, we'd love to work with you. And I said, you have to understand, this is a huge project, and they already had a loan with them. And so I was pretty much tapped out. There was no way that they could do the financing that I needed. They said, let's see what we can do. And they went out, and they got three other banks to come in with them. Wow. And those, Bank of St. Francisville plus these three other banks, one was People's Bank, one was Bank of Cachado, and um, Little community little banks community in banks, rural parishes. Rural parishes, and they came in and says, if Bank of St. Francisville thinks it's a good deal, we do. 
and they have just been great. That is so fantastic to hear. Right. Because it's not the kind of story you typically hear. No. And what's, and when we started it, we knew there wasn't going to be enough money to do the project. We didn't realize just how much money there wasn't going to be to do the project. <laughs> it is, right. It's well over budget and well behind schedule, but, you know, but they've been wonderful to work with. And are you attracting tenants? And are they able yeah. to pay the rent to yes. make the numbers work? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so it's just when the project got behind, you know, these hurricanes really do affect things. What do they, they do really is they do. steal labor and then the, the costs go up, things like that. Um, so there have been a number of different things that have slowed us up. But we've gotten the Actually, our rents are like $100 higher than what we've projected. And so our original appraisal was like at $12 million, And when the appraiser saw what rents we were actually getting, he valued the property at like $17 million. Wow. So that made the, the lenders feel better when I told them, it's, by the way, we're going to need about $3 million before we finish <laughs> this project. They said, okay. And so yeah. they've, been, they've been very understanding, and, and it's going to be a successful project. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. We're visiting with real estate broker and developer Dave Trependahl of Ardendale Oaks Apartments and Logan Burke of the Alliance for Affordable Energy. We'll be right back after this very short break. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. We're visiting with real estate broker and developer Dave Trependahl of Ardendale Oaks Apartments and Logan Burke of the Alliance for Affordable Energy. You all are both in, in a realm where you're, you're dealing with issues that affect, you know, low-income people in our community. You're trying to help them through your advocacy or your projects. We, and, and I was mentioning this in a speech yesterday, live in such a poor state, and that just colors everything that goes on here in Baton Rouge or New Orleans or Lafayette or wherever. The third highest poverty rate in the nation is here in Louisiana, and 8.8% of our people are in deep poverty. How do you see that affecting what you do every day? Well, um, Louisiana has one of the higher energy burdens um, Mm -hmm. for especially these vulnerable communities. there are folks here in Louisiana who are paying, here in Baton Rouge, who are paying around 25% of their income to their energy bills. You're kidding. I'm Every not m- kidding. Every month. Wow. And so what that means, it, it's, it's, a, it's one of those um, intersections of we've got really high energy usage, so it almost doesn't matter how low your energy rate per kilowatt hour is, right? If your energy usage is through the roof, and that's where we're sending all of our HVAC is through our sure. <laughs> uninsulated roofs. Yep. And um, older properties that that's are well-maintained. Right. I mean, that's, yeah. Yep. Um, and you are in this deep poverty. It means you just don't have the dollars to, to pay those electricity bills that come in. And this can really turn into a, a vicious cycle, especially in the hot months of the year. Sure. Um, because it means that uh, we see um, food banks uh, have a lot more uh, visitors in those hot months of the year because people can't choose to spend or can't choose to only pay part of their electricity bill. And so people will forego things like medicines and food to go just to be able to pay their electricity bill because there are some, some ways in which people can actually lose their housing if they can't pay their electricity bill. And so this turns into one of those really, um, really dangerous cycles. And it's one of the reasons that we're working so hard to, um, to foster energy efficiency programs because 
doesn't matter how low your rent is if you can't pay your electricity bill. That's not affordable housing. No, it's very um, true. Yeah, and so we're trying to make sure that there are these programs that are through either the utilities, um, which which have gotten started now, and then there are also programs through DOE that uh, the Louisiana Housing Corporation uh, administers um, that are uh, available dollars for either homeowners or uh, landlords hmm. to to do these energy efficiency upgrades that improve not only your bills, but improve health. And so we're really hoping to, to see some growth there. This property, what I've done is we replaced all the roofs. We put in lots of insulation. We replaced all the appliances. We put in high energy efficient appliances. We replaced all the air conditioning units. I put in high energy efficiency air conditioning. We replaced every window. Wow. Okay, with, you know, insulated windows. So I've gone out, you know, we've done everything that we can to make mm -hmm. these units energy efficient, but my rents are high, okay? Yeah. I want them to be high. And the clientele that I'm attracting are, you know, moderate to median income people. It's not, um, this is not a subsidized property by any means. Okay, okay, good point. But it's really exciting to hear that for both the kinds of properties that, that are, uh, Mm -hmm. the, for for the lower income set and this kind of property mm -hmm. that you're really thinking about the energy efficiency not only for the costs right. uh, for your your monthly electricity bill but again for things like health uh, when we live in a hot humid climate um, things like humidity can actually exacerbate um, respiratory issues like asthma and sure. so we find that so where good. yeah so we find that where these either old housing stock that's been remodeled and had some real energy efficiency upgrades, we see hospital visits uh, decline as a result. That's fantastic. I want to take a break for a minute and kind of just switch gears. This is a part of the show where, that we call another great idea. Maybe you've got a friend who's always got a great idea for you or they tell you about a job you should apply for or a guy you should have a cup of coffee with and maybe it turns out to be a great idea, maybe it doesn't. Maybe you blow off his advice and you don't listen to it at all. Have you all ever had an experience like that where you taken somebody up on their advice, heard their pitch, and how did it turn out for you? Well, my number one advice giver is my wife, and is when I've listened to her, things have gone well, and when I didn't, they didn't go real well. So, uh, there you go. And she gave me permission to do this project, so if it doesn't work out, we're in it together. There you are. All right, that's a good one. Um, when I was in college, I had a major professor who had this saying that I have clung to ever since then. And the phrase was, the yeses are in the noes. So when I was in college, I was actually studying um, dramatic arts, uh, design, uh, these sorts of things. And so when you start into a project, let's say you're building a, a building or um, designing a, a theater production, you've got all the options in the world in front of you. And it can be daunting, right? So a lot of people who go to build a house go, oh, I, there are too many right. choices to make here. Yeah. And the yeses and the noes means, well, I know it isn't this. I know it isn't this. It, it can help reframe it in your mind to sort of make decisions a little more bite-sized, a little more uh, manageable. Mm -hmm. And so everything from um, relationships, you know, what you want in a relationship, to a job, what you need in a job, um, to renovating an old house, which, we, which I just did with my husband. Um, the yeses are in the nose is a really great um, little saying that, I love that helps that. me all the time. That's great. How did you go from, from you know, the liberal arts, the fine arts, into public advocacy? Um, so I grew up in northern Alabama, and I 
always came to New Orleans uh, with my parents once a year, at least. Always loved Louisiana um, for the culture, uh, for the people, uh, all the things that everybody loves to come to Louisiana for. Um, and I never thought I'd get a chance to live in New Orleans. And then when I did, um, I moved here, or I moved to, to New Orleans, and I said, this place is really too special. Um, I, I'm just not interested in making costumes in New Orleans. Everybody else is doing that. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, I want to do something to make sure that this place never goes away. And so I started looking at some of the biggest problems, um, both in the short term and the long term, right? So everything from uh, what is the problem with poverty, what are some, some real affordability issues, to the long term really thinking about climate change and sure. thinking about long term viability and protection of this place. And there was one organization that was working on solutions, uh, policy-based solutions, for both the short term and the long term. And that was the Alliance for Affordable Energy. And there is so much need. I mean, when we look across the spectrum, the poverty, the energy issues, the economic development needs, you know, the, the blighted neighborhoods, mental health issues, so many of them. And, and how do we choose to make a difference? And I know, Dave, you, you're really involved on a lot of fronts and doing a lot of things even behind the scenes, you know, in addition to your real estate work. That's, <clears throat> that's true. Had I been in, had this opportunity come up 15 years ago, I personally could not have done it. I would have had to sell it to somebody else. And the reason is, is because I'm bipolar. And bipolar keeps you from being able to focus on something and stay focused. Every day you wake up and you have a different perspective on it. And I was diagnosed with this like 30 years ago. And it took... 18 years of going to different doctors and trying different medications and all this until I finally found the right doctor who was here in Baton Rouge mm -hmm. with just, and it took us several years to get it just right to the point that I got so, hey, I can think the same way every day. And it, it made it possible for me to undertake projects, to do it, to hire people, to manage people and things like that. But I just, I've run into so many people that have particularly successful business people or attorneys or doctors and things like that, and I discover that they've got a depression or they're bipolar. And I guess the message I'd like to share is, is that if you keep plugging at it, you can usually find a doctor who can usually come up with the right formula that you can be stable. And you don't have to go into these deep depressions and have it disrupt your business, your family, and things like that. So that's another one of my yeah, no, kicks and causes. Yeah, no, that's such good advice and, and, a very, and so much focus. I think women are more comfortable talking about it. Young people talk about it. But for men and older men, there's still very much a stigma. And I think, you know, probably older successful men don't like to talk about issues and be vulnerable. And What role do nonprofits and private business people have to their communities, especially at a time when it, it seems like the government is turning its back on so many of these needy causes? Like half the government's denying that climate change even exists while our coast is just sinking into the Gulf of Mexico. I mean, how do you make, how do you wrap your head around that? It's crazy, crazy. I'd love to hear your take. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that <clears throat> so many people think that, well, this side says that and this side says that and there's no real 
uh, answer as far as it goes. You know, you could just have your opinion. But on the climate change thing, it, the numbers are really pretty yeah. simple. There's science there. I mean, it's I mean, like, there's science. There's, there's just truth. no doubt about well, it. I mean, very clear numbers are the, the earth, the forest, and the oceans, as far, they're able to absorb about 20 billion tons of CO2 a year. That's about what they can absorb. So if you put 20 billion tons of CO2 in the atmosphere every year, they can, they can handle it. You put more than that, then it begins to increase the amount of CO2. And the CO2 for 12,000 years was about 280 parts per million. We're now putting 16 billion more tons into the atmosphere than it can absorb. Wow. We're putting 36. About every seven tons, seven billion tons, increases at one part per million. For the first time in 800,000 years, based on cores of, uh, of the polar ice, we're above 400 parts per million. Wow. And it's climbing two to three parts per million every year. And that's why we're having these horrific hurricanes. Yeah. That's why the temperatures are going up. And it's all these things. And for people to think, hey, it doesn't, uh, these people over here say one thing, these people over here say that. Well, the people over here, they're saying it's not climate change. If you see where they're getting paid, it's not by your organization, okay? No, indeed. <laughs> I wanted to ask you before we go, because we're running out of time, how does your organization uh, sustain itself? Speaking of sustainable issues, um, the Alliance for Affordable Energy, I know it's grown over its 30-something year history. Donations primarily, grants? Yeah, uh, for the most part, our organization is funded and supported by uh, national foundations. In most every state, there is a consumer advocate who is tasked with the purpose of watching out for residential ratepayers, and that is what we do, right, when it comes to electricity. Um, but in most of these states, almost every other state, it's, it is a legislatively funded <laughs> office, wow. whether it is a standalone, sometimes it's a nonprofit, sometimes it's a standalone state agency, sometimes it's through the AG's office, the Attorney General's office. Sure. Louisiana has no such thing. So we have been the de facto... Uh, consumer advocate for 32 years and unfortunately we haven't been able to get the kind of support that other um, consumer advocates around the country are able to. Well that's a, that's a good one to put on the agenda. Well Logan Burke and Dave Trependall you both are doing so much to help people here in South Louisiana whether motivated by conscious capitalism or a nonprofit mission you both are making a tremendous difference so thank you for all of your efforts and for joining me today on Out to Lunch. Thank you. My pleasure. My guests today have been real estate broker and developer Dave Trependall of Ardendale Oaks Apartments and Logan Burke of the Alliance for Affordable Energy. You can find out more about Ardendale Oaks and the Alliance for Affordable Energy by following the links on our website. It's batonrouge.la and wrkf.org. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti. And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. You can see photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on It's Baton Rouge Facebook page. You can hear this show and past episodes of Out to Lunch wherever you get podcasts and at itsbatonrouge.la. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Mansur's for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. 
established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com, and by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum. By Schuert & Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. Out to Lunch is recorded live over lunch at Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily from 11 until 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. Mitchell's music is available wherever great jazz is sold or streamed and at mitchellforeman.com.